0: Welcome to the Pocha Podcast at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And this is the bonus episode, the bonus content, the weedy weedy for the Pocha Podcast, where we talk shit. We just talk about stuff. And things. And things. And things and stuff. Charlene, though, before we get into that, the planets have aligned. The universe is in our favor. And we're finally, not just in the same city at the same time, we're in the same room at the same time. I know. I've Still missed Still far apart, but in the same room.
1: Yes, I've missed you.
0: Oh, it's been a while. A long, long while. I might cry. You're not crying. Okay. But it's, it's good to be back and it's good to be just, you know, feeling your vibes and all the things.
1: I like it. I like it.
0: Mm. You know what else I like? Tell me. Ofrenda Magazine. I do too. And tell us a little bit about what's exciting about Ofrenda Magazine and the Pochas.
1: Well, first of all, it's an excellent collection of essays and stories and authors and artists that um, are offering up just beauty and healing and all these amazing things. And we get to be featured in an article amongst all those amazing people in uh, issue number two.
0: And that is available online. So if you haven't seen our socials where we've linked the article, mm-hmm. take a look at our socials. Go visit Ofrenda Magazine, ofrendamagazine.com, and just browse through, of course, read our article. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited about that.
1: Yeah, we have an article in there, um, Live in la Vida Pocha, and there will also be an audio clip where you can listen to it as well, um, read by us because you love our voices so much. And check it out. It's a great. It's a great publication. They're going into a print mode sometime later in the year, so I'm really looking forward to that too.
0: Sweet. All right. Um, so this we or this month for the March Weedy Weedy, um, we are talking Gen X. We are. Charlene, to back up for just a second, the reason that um, it occurred to me that we actually needed to tackle this mm-hmm. was um, we are women of a certain age. <laughs> And that puts us in a certain generation, mm-hmm. Gen X. Yes. So we are Gen Xers. We are. And I think we've um, you know, applied to a couple like programs for podcasts, mm-hmm. and we've put into those applications that uh, we're borderline bochas with a view on pop culture and, and relevant news with a Gen X perspective. Right. But we've never actually talked about Gen X within the podcast.
1: It's true. And it's a giant part of who we are and our perspective.
0: Exactly. So since we haven't done any, you know, real deep dive or anything like that, we just, um, I thought it would be cool if we did just a weedy weedy about Gen X. I love it. So um, what is a Gen Xer? What generation is that without revealing our actual ages? Wow. Uh,
1: So there's, there are varying specific years that are referred to um, as Gen X, but Usually it's defined as those folks who are born somewhere between the mid-60s and the early 80s. Um, They come after the boomers and before the millennials. And, you know, we are, there are around 65 million Gen Xers and about 72 million millennials. So we're outnumbered.
0: (laughs) Outnumbered, but not out, uh, we're more cunning, I would say. I like it. So in the context of what makes up this generation, some of the things that I was looking up about our generation, um, and and some things that we knew, right? So from the the years that you have given us, we grew up, or or the older part of our Generation X grew up um, with the Vietnam War, Mm -hmm. or the Vietnam War ending, definitely the Cold War, Mm Mm-hmm. And all of the implications around that, fears of the, you know, Red Scare. Yeah, there mm-hmm. was a whole bunch of movies around Soviet invasion, all mm-hmm. of this stuff. They were definitely enemy number one in a lot of, like, social media, or, or media, I should say. Um, th- we lived through the first Iraq War, a second Iraq War, mm-hmm. Afghanistan, a whole bunch of other, like, yeah. skirmishes. um, and we saw the birth of rap, the birth of hip hop, the the height of disco, and then the death of disco. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and then we saw something that, um, that I think is really incredibly special to us is that we went from, you know, very limited technology. I, I even remember non-remote controlled TVs. Mm-hmm. I remember the black and white TVs where, where color wasn't even a thing. Mm-hmm. And we moved from that technology into um, online smartphones, FaceTime, Zoom virtual meetings, mm-hmm. holographic like Tupac at a, at a concert, like all of these things that we've, that we've gone through in terms of technology. I would say we're special.
1: We are very special,
0: yes. So, I don't know, like, given all of this, and we, and and the other thing about our generation is we were considered latchkey kids. Mm-hmm. We were sandwiched between the boomers. Mm-hmm. The boomers needed to have two jobs, which meant that we were left to our own devices and <laughs> had keys to get into the house and had to, like, do our own homework, figure shit out, feed ourselves, feed any siblings that we had, mm-hmm. have responsibility at a young age, um, when our parents are working, we had to get ourselves ready for school. Oftentimes, get ourselves there, and sandwiched between the boomers and Gen Y or millennials, mm-hmm. often forgotten about. Right. Like when you look at, when you look up Gen X, it's like oh, the forgotten kind of left behind generation, mm-hmm. slackers. Mm-hmm. Um, we went from in terms of media, we went from like Leave It to Beaver. To Roseanne, so we had this very black and white mom and dad and the the nuclear family to like Roseanne, where it was like mm-hmm. pretty not exactly a real life portrayal, but certainly much more in your face and real than what Leave It to Beaver was.
1: And the birth of MTV, cat mm-hmm. When we actually did MTV. have music
0: videos on MTV.
1: Yes. Yes. Ooh, and Saturday, night and Saturday Night Live. When it was really funny. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah, and
1: Latchkey Kids. So a thing about Latchkey Kids, um, not only were more, like you said, both people were working. Both people in the household were working. Um, so many more women started entering the workforce full time. That was sort of that first generation where that was really a prevalent thing for women to to also work full time and then um, divorce rates started to go way up so even when both parents weren't working outside of the home kids may have been living in a single parent household all of a sudden Um, whereas before they really weren't so a lot of independence a lot of figure it out your damn self because nobody's coming to save you Um, and it I think it definitely that middle child syndrome for sure like well adjusted figure it
0: out uh, it's, you know, self-reliant, self own. absolutely. So why did, for, for you, why, okay, let me back up and say, we were the forgotten kind of generation, but recently we've been um, featured in fights with other generations. <laughs> so why for you did this pop up?
1: Well, you said you wanted to do Gen X and it, it made me think about on TikTok apparently, which I'm not on TikTok, so I say apparently, um, Gen Z, who is born between 97 and 2012, are attacking millennials and are attacking specific things about millennials like skinny jeans and side parts in your hair because they swear that a middle part is the only way to go.
0: What? Okay.
1: Mm -hmm. Middle part. No one ever. Skinny jeans and also the overuse of the laugh-cry emoji.
0: Okay, so the laugh-cry emoji, yeah, okay. But some things really are funny and and necessitate the laugh-cry emoji.
1: I mean, if you're dead inside and you've never laughed so hard you cried, maybe Maybe. that's not relevant for you, and that's cool. But I sit here in my skinny jeans (laughs) with probably a side part, and, you know, I mean, and here's the thing about skinny jeans for me. I think about, so yes, so they were particularly attacking millennials, but I do feel like I'm certainly in the, on the cusp of early millennial, late Gen X. So I I am wearing skinny jeans. And let me tell you why. Did you ever, or did you ever have friends who wore jenko jeans where the circumference of the pant leg (laughs) at the bottom was like four feet and they were constantly wet and dirty and like seriously people would walk in the halls at school with wet pant legs I was like fuck we live in the desert it hasn't rained in a goddamn year why are your pants fucking wet like where were you bizarre shit so this is trauma induced skinny jean wearing for me
0: wow okay so yes I'm I I know of which you speak in terms of those jeans the reason that I wear skinny jeans is because I remember still having to do bell-bottoms. Like as the youngest kid, I got hand-me-downs. So I still had like 70s disco bell-bottoms that I had to use and was like, oh well, like what else am I gonna wear? Am I gonna go with just chones to school? No, <laughs> like I gotta wear something. So my trauma is still having to wear leftover leftover disco bell-bottoms um, mm-hmm. from older siblings. Not necessarily the, the Gen, Genco, Jinko jenko mm-hmm. Not those, but yeah, I never understood those either. Whatever, you know the the insane clown posse people. Mm-hmm. That's all you. You do you. Mad love. Not mm-hmm. my thing. So yes, I'm with you on wearing the skinny jeans.
1: Yeah, and and. You know, I remember even before skinny jeans were a thing, like cuffing my pants, mm-hmm. like tuck and roll mm-hmm. so that they pretended to be. They were like skinny jeans before the skinny jean. Mm-hmm. Some people would even like if they didn't know how to do the tuck and roll, they would put rubber bands mm-hmm. on their mm-hmm. pants or Staples. staple them. So like the skinny jean was a evolution of our needing tight ankled pantaloons.
0: Yes. Agreed. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and the whole, you know, I yeah. So I I'm feeling, and I also love boot cut jeans. I have some flare jeans. You know, I'm ai I'm no. am I like jeans. I'll wear I like all jeans. Kinds of jeans.
0: No to the boot cut. Well, I like boots. That's fine. No boot cut. Um, I do part my hair a little bit on the side. Not gonna lie, I don't do it down the middle part. I don't like the down middle down the middle part. Mm-hmm. I do think that 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 to me feels very like, crystal gale. Um, back in the day,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, um, oh, the alfalfa, not yeah, alfalfa from um, oh yeah, from Our Gang, like Wednesday that just, Adams. Yeah, it just feels like that <laughs> old school kind of. Yeah, I I don't like it personally. I will
1: do a side part occasionally. I sometimes will do a side part. I don't I don't care that much though. I'm not like side part or die or middle part like whatever. I think it's whatever your hair wants to do, and also. Any Gen Zer that wants to talk about people's hair, like I was making bad hair decisions before you were born. <laughs>
0: so I mean, they, you know, okay. So the side, the side part thing, I got a little bit of beef with because we also grew up in a time frame where you used a can of hairspray a week mm-hmm. and you raved the fuck out or aquanetted the fuck out your hair so that it stood up a good couple inches. On top of your head, in like a fan fashion.
1: We depleted the ozone layer.
0: Maybe. (laughs) That's Aquanet. Maybe. Maybe we'll take that one for the team. I mean,
1: if you want to talk shit, come come real, (laughs) come real, Gen Z.
0: So Mm -hmm. yeah, there's a there's the generation now. Like our our daughters, the executive producer and I have two daughters. They want to wear mom jeans, which I do not understand.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because, I, and maybe it was like the rise of the navel ring during mm-hmm. our time frame. You couldn't have mom jeans and a navel ring. If you did, God bless you. But it didn't, it didn't right. feel good. So I don't understand mom jeans at all. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. That to me is a Saturday Night Live skit waiting to happen <laughs> over and over. Young folks wearing mom jeans. And that, that style of rolling up your pants That you were talking about, that's coming back again as well, which makes me feel a little little old. We are now, I don't know, retro, vintage. What are we?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, apparently I'm the new old people look with the side part and the skinny jeans. Like, I'm the old lady at the grocery store is what's happening. Oh, God. Yeah. So, the skinny jeans are the new mom jeans, and the mom jeans are the new tuck and roll. It's like, it's a cycle.
0: Oh, well, I mean, at least we knew we were cool and that it's coming back. I'm saying. I'll take that. I'll take that. So you were looking at this you know, social media fight. I was taking a look at, and it was brought to my attention that, um, so some of the older generations, like the boomers, were mad that there's this thing going around cancel culture, where like if mm. there's a celebrity who um, is racist or has has had previous racist posts let's say on Twitter or what have you then the cancel culture would say like you shouldn't get any jobs until you have done the growth that's necessary mm-hmm. to get yourself out of that way of thinking right so the boomers are are upset with cancel culture mm-hmm. and they're they're blaming the younger generations right they're blaming like either gen y millennials or gen z for the cancel culture and and gen xers were like No, 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 bitch. Remember that time that you tried to ban Dungeons and Dragons because you thought it was tied to the devil or playing Magic, the card game, because it was tied to the devil? Remember that time that you tried to put labels on hip-hop music because they Mm. had a couple cuss words? Mm. We know cancel culture.
1: I have two words for you, Kat. Mm. Tipper Gore. Oh! If you don't know who that is, look it up. (laughs) People were banning library books and burning shit. Like Chronicles of Narnia or whatever, it was devilish at the time. People were burning books. It was, I mean, it's not new. No, It's not new.
0: No, so we had to stand up. Our generation had to stand up and be like, no, boo, let's check yourself because we remember you canceling a lot of things. You started this, and now it's come full circle (laughs) on your ass. On your old, wrinkled, flabby ass, it's coming full circle.
1: Now you don't like it.
0: Now you don't like it, because it's happening to you. Everything
1: was witchcraft and satanic. All heavy metal was satanic. Which, actually, I mean, I guess some of it was.
0: So, that was my delving into the Gen X social media beef.
1: Yeah. Well, and it again, that's a cycle too. They used to say Elvis was the devil.
0: Right. Yeah. And then his Black
1: Sabbath was the devil and Ozzy eating bat heads on stage, whatever. Like every generation is going to do something that the previous generation is appalled by. That's the point of it, right? Like that's what you do.
0: Have have you been appalled by anything that you've seen from the younger generations? Appalled by um and maybe that's the point, is that I can't really find anything.
1: That's because we're Gen X. We're like, <laughs> eh. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if it's not in my face and hurting me, I'm like, eh, it's cool. Do you, boo. Do you.
0: <laughs> I'm good. So are we really the slacker generation? Did we really like?
1: I don't think we're slackers. I th- okay, let me tell you something else that happened to us. We were alone all the fucking time. So we're watching TV. We're watching MTV all the time. All the time. And then you know what happens? Aaliyah dies. Mm. Kurt Cobain dies. Mm. Sublime Dude dies. Mm. Selena dies. Mm. We are just traumatized. We can't take more shit. Don't give me more trauma because it's not mine. I'm not taking any more. I was traumatized as a child. I am just disengaged from all of that. I'm meh. I'm meh. Because if it's not in my own family, in my own face, I, I just don't have the emotional space for it.
0: Okay, so one of the other things that I read, and I, I think I would agree because I, you and I have had conversations about work ethic. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Gen Xers have hella work ethic, and it kind of goes back to the latchkey kid thing. Like we were forced to be responsible, take responsibility, get ourselves to school, take care of any siblings, feed ourselves after school, mm. make sure that our homework was done, wipe our butts, all of the things. Si
1: no lo hago, no se hace.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that work ethic, Gen, Gen X specific, because I, I kind of also have a take on it in terms of, it's a Gen X thing, but to our bocha aspect, mm. I've also found that it's, it's very much tied to how many generations you are away from mm-hmm. from your immigrant roots. So if you're first gen immigrant, my own experience, don't, don't ever make generalizations, right, that you can't back up, but my experience has been the closer you are to that immigrant root, the harder work ethic you have doesn't matter what generation that crosses, could be boomer, could be, mm. you know, whatever, could even be millennial. If you are that close to that generational or that, that uh, immigration route, you have a tendency to work harder.
1: I, that's an interesting point. And I do, I, I can go with your generalization to some point um, with that. But then I think about my own family and how, you know, we been here for many, many generations. I can certainly not say that I'm first gen or even third gen, um, on some sides. And my grandfather on my mom's side was a very hard worker, Mm -hmm. super hard worker. Always. I mean, till he was in his nineties was working his garden. He had little jobs he would go do. Um, my grandmother, his wife was a stay at home mom. That woman never sat down ever Mm -hmm. she was always doing for everybody cleaning cooking doing something for other people always working like in the house but working um my mom and dad both always worked like that was and my mom still to this day the woman doesn't sit down she's like my grandmother in that way um and my dad same thing his parents were farmers I mean they grew up on a farm there was always something to do and they had nine kids to make sure that there was always somebody to to do it but hard hard workers and definitely pushed that work ethic like do not be flocha there is no there is no laziness in this house um so i don't know i guess i can see it being generational too Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know in, in my estimation if i put those of us who are in the gen x who are first gen immigrants or i'm sorry first gen americans like hardest workers ever <laughs> because of that uh, need to be responsible from the latch key. Sure. Um, but, you know, that uh, maybe part of that is um, for immigrant families who come over, no matter what generation their kids end up in, the immigrant parents have to go out and hustle and work um, because they're usually lower paying jobs or if they have document status that might be differing in one way or another, they have to hustle to really get things done. So the kids are left to raise themselves a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And that brings out a hard work aspect in, in any of them that could be Gen X-esque. Right. right. Well, it's
1: survival. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, you don't, somebody's not going to come home and make you food. Like you got to figure it out. And sometimes somebody might not even be able to buy you the food. So you got to figure it out. So it's, um, but do you think that gets passed down?
0: Do you think the hard work gets passed down like from the
1: ethic like the ethic? if if you are you know 4 or 5 generations down but that was your precedent does it get passed down
0: That's a hard one to answer. I would not be able to make a a a, a statement with that that is not further out from my own experience mm-hmm. or my own family. And that even that is complicated because you know we have a blended family where I'm a step parent, right? And that that complicates the kind of parenting I can do, and the kind, therefore, the kind of work ethic that I can instill. Um, and then we've already t- we've talked about, and then in the last episode, if you haven't if you haven't listened to it, go ahead. It's about parenting, or it includes parenting. But we have different parenting styles, my mm-hmm. partner and I, and we've talked about brown parenting versus white parenting. Mm-hmm. So that's a complicated mix because I'm first gen. American, I feel like I have that work ethic. And, to, and to, be, to clarify just a bit, first gen on my mom's side, like second gen on my father's side, and my father did have a, a really, hard, he was a hard worker himself. But um, so I feel I have that work ethic, but it's harder for me to pass that on to my kids because of those complex factors. And I feel like the, the only way that I could really do that is being an example mm-hmm. and sometimes that example is shitty because for me hard work sometimes means like you work the extra hours you go the extra mile so maybe what they see is just oh you're just not there exactly not that you're not a hard worker you're just not there
1: right you're not a present parent so I don't know that I could mm-hmm. answer that necessarily it's complicated it's Truth. it's it's um it's very complicated I don't know the answer <laughs>
0: If someone knows the answer. Please tell us.
1: <laughs> we need to
0: know. So how do you think all of these interesting mixes of being part of this generation, the Cold War, the, the rise of hip hop and the realism of what hip hop brought to us? Because that's been a huge influence on me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That technological shift from going from even something as simple as rolling up your window to pressing mm-hmm. a button and your window rolls up. Mm-hmm. How do you feel that that's impacted you?
1: Yeah, you brought up some of that at the beginning of um, the Weedy Weedy. And definitely that whole fear of communism replacing our way of life was real, was a real thing Mm -hmm. before, right before our generation, probably a little bit at the end there. But we were alive for the fall of the Berlin Wall. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we, and I don't know that we were old enough to understand the magnitude of that moment and what that meant moving forward. Um, I remember there were infomercials that you could buy a piece of the wall. Yeah, uh, I remember. What do you remember? <laughs> But I mean, things like that happening and, and definitely the technology. I remember one of my best friends had, they had their own phone line. Her and her sisters. And it was like the coolest thing ever because they had their own phone. Because at my house, I mean, this will never happen to my children. I will never pick up the phone on the other side of the house to listen to their fucking conversation. (laughs) Because let me tell you what my mom did. Oh, hell no. All hell would break loose. All of a sudden you would hear a click on the phone be like, oh, shit. She would come in the room like, oh, yeah, done, done. You knew she was listening on the other damn line but going from that to having cell phones is crazy i remember my grandfather talking about how the first computer he ever saw fit inside of a warehouse room and could do the job of a calculator but that's we've moved from that to a cell phone that is essentially holds all of the information that you're capable of typing in or you don't even have to type it you can say it and it'll look for it like that is fascinating I definitely think um, it gives us perspective on patience, what it means to wait. If you ever had dial-up, um, oh, Lord. Hey. and and now the internet's not working. It has been four seconds. If you scream <laughs> one more time about the internet not working, oh my god! But we we have patience. We and we see a progression of things I think in a different way than and not just because they're Gen Z but because they're young they haven't had that life experience they don't have those years of of life to put in their little memory banks yet so um yeah I I definitely think we just have a different perspective and I do think we're we're just a little bit removed we're we're overstimulated by bad shit happening there was the housing crash the recession like we've had all of these things happen um and it makes me wonder like even my daughter right now who is six she's growing up in a weird like it's a pandemic she missed a lot of school like what is that going to mean for that generation who grew up watching me wipe down the groceries and like you know that's there's some weird shit happening right now so what is that going to do to their perception of what the world is
0: one of the things that i was um kind of ruminating on a little bit about with our generation is how we at a very young age had to deal with our own pandemic we had the aids pan- or i'm sorry epidemic we had the mm. aids epidemic happen when we were young Fair. and and people dying like you know i think maybe in bigger cities you probably it was probably a little bit more um, in people's faces and and just prominent um, in kind of our rural areas, it's it's it m- you know may not have been as obvious, but still mm-hmm. there, still on the news. And now we're living through it again, um, in in definitely mm-hmm. a bigger, more impactful way. But our generation having seen that, and this is not to say that the boomers did not see it. Sure, this is not to say that you know Gen Y. Yes. I had to think about this. Sorry. Um, That Gen Y after us didn't have some implications of that because family members could have passed on or what have you. But we started off a lot of our Mm -hmm. growth becoming aware in the time of an epidemic. And now Mm -hmm. we're having to deal with this. And some of the same things are still parallel. Like the the initial scare of the AIDS epidemic was wipe down everything. You couldn't even share a drink with someone who was HIV positive. Mm -hmm. And we're living in a time where we have to be six feet apart, wipe down your groceries. Mm -hmm. Don't, you know, lick your finger after you've shaken someone's hand or what have you. Like (laughs) you really have to like this emphasis on like cleanliness and Mm -hmm. sterilization. Well, and stigma
1: around testing and stigma around exposure and Mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. of that and inequity in, who gets medicine it. and mm-hmm. who has the virus itself? Yeah. Absolutely. It's very reminiscent of that time. So maybe you're right. You know, we're, we are not meh, but like, oh, okay, we've, one we've more, seen this.
0: One more attitude that just added to the tab. Yeah, added we've to the seen tab. this. Yeah, I wouldn't know that we're meh so much as we're like, I don't know. We're just maybe as a generation in our own way. And I know that tra- the word trauma has been kind of taken to to mean a lot of things but maybe our generation has been through a lot of trauma already that is just compiled that we're like all right just one more thing to add to our anxiety about things and life and living
1: well we went I mean and the contradictions of what is happening like there was a giant the war on drugs and then Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) simultaneously a giant push for narcotics by doctors and like <laughs> what is happening it you know it's been um it's been a lot to cope with it's a lot to cope with and I and people will and I've said trauma a lot in this episode or weedy weedy but maybe um people have said our generation is cynical Like people will definitely say we're cynical and I absolutely say I think we're just realists like I don't know, remember what happened? Like, we're, we're that old lady on the rocking chair already like, well, in my day, talking about what already happened because we have to learn from our history.
0: Agreed. We are much more, I think, much more realistic. We didn't have the hope, the, the you know, all of that stuff that was fed to previous generations or even, even in newer generations where Obama, that was his whole campaign the first time, was on hope. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't have that we just had like cope ours was just cope <laughs> yes
1: like you know what did you ever not get picked on a team yeah did you ever not get a trophy
0: i i didn't get a trophy i didn't get picked on a team exactly I was usually picked last. a lot of the these things.
1: people yeah. don't know what that means <laughs> because everybody gets a trophy everybody gets a little ice cream everybody gets all the things you know what i know what it is to be a loser <laughs> i carry that shit with me <laughs> some of y'all grew up getting a trophy all the time and it shows that's what I know about that
0: (laughs) the one thing that I'll say about technology in its shift from when it started to even now is that it's it's very um they have their blinders on and I say that in terms of things like while yes iPhone you can add the different keyboard for Spanish there's a lot of ways that um technology hasn't caught up with it my brother bought my mom um an alexa thing and Hmm. i i know from having to deal with her phone that siri doesn't understand my mom sometimes the accent yeah Mm -hmm. so i'm like technology is still created thought for updated for a very very specific population that is not immigrants necessarily it doesn't um, understand how to spell some of the things that you're looking for. Yes, um, if you're if you have your Google Maps out and you're trying to navigate your way in um, southwestern parts of, of the U.S., when it says certain streets like Avenida de Macilla, like yeah. really, <laughs> I have my <laughs> try. So
1: as kids, I would call my sister Titi, like mm-hmm. my sister Titi. Mm-hmm. So I have her in my phone as Titi, but. Siri will say, calling Titty. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter's always like, Who's Titty? It's <laughs> your Nina. Just be quiet.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, how is it going to, how is Siri going to know, like, Densha or.
1: Well, we have a friend named Esperanza, and I have to say, call Esperanza. Like, mm-hmm. otherwise, I don't know who the hell she's going to call.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No. The other interesting thing that I was. Uh, I I was reading a little bit about Gen X and I hadn't thought about this, but we are the first generation to grow up in the post civil rights world. Mm. And like, what did that mean? What did that mean for us? Obviously racism is not gone and dead. Um, We're still dealing with not only systemic buried
0: racist shit, but outright just racist shit. So We're dealing with the effects of like your daughter, my daughters and my sons will never understand me ever having to say, oh, well, the teacher would always would get mad and smack us on the hands Mm -hmm. or swat us if we spoke Spanish. Mm -hmm. But I'll know that from my, my father. So there's that, that generational difference of the post like civil rights of like the first generation that had the, had to live through trauma of their own parents, Mm -hmm. but don't have a have a different type of trauma to to give to their kids. Because there are, let's be clear, there are still traumatic pieces, who gets pulled over, are you gonna survive if a cop pulls you over, those kinds of things. That is still very, very real. Mm -hmm. But some of the other facets of Jim Crow era Mm -hmm. are no longer part of it, Um, and some of it might be hidden and and Mm -hmm. seen but not heard, or that kind of thing, but in, in the borderland area, it, it, it is a difference in generation of what we are bringing up our kids with.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to think about what that has meant. Um, and obviously some of those attitudes still remain, but a lot of things have changed um, since that time. So we're a, weird, we're a weird mix.
0: Truly, but I like our mix, our meh. I I like team it. Cope. Uh, team Cope.
1: You have I hope, I have Cope. <laughs> Aguantate. It is the motto, Gen X team motto. Aguantate.
0: So we've had Gen Cope, we've had Gen Hope. If they legalize cannabis in New Mexico, we'll be Generation Dope. Yes. So we're just keeping it going, keeping it going.
1: Like it. I like it. I'll smoke my weed and my skinny jeans with my side part.
0: Yes.
1: And watch old MTV.
0: <laughs> uh, yep, yeah, agreed so this has been the weedy weedy bonus content for march 2021 i do have to put that in there because sometimes i forget what year it is that happens
1: it's been a time warp here you're, you're you're all
0: right and don't forget to look us up on ofrenda magazine ofrendamagazine.com charlene and i have an, uh, an essay in there the entirety of that uh that magazine um Issue two. Mm -hmm. Issue two, thank you, is all about living in the in between. And so our essay was about living la vida pocha. And ofrendamagazine.com is where you can find them. You can also find them on Twitter and Facebook. And where else can folks find us?
1: They can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook.
0: So this has been the Pocha podcast, uh, Weedy Weedy for March. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And we'll see you on the flip side. Bye.